0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Try Faster podcast presented by Fort Worth TC. I am one of your hosts, Keith, and I'm here with my friend, Michael. How are you doing, Michael? Hey, doing well, Keith. We are back after uh, a little bit of a break. We had uh, planned on recording a couple weeks ago. And the day before that we were going to record, I got sick and it turned out that I had COVID. And then the next day, Michael's wife, Allie, had their baby. So we were Definitely not going to record. So congratulations, Michael.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I'm sorry to hear uh, that you and, and your family got COVID, but I think it's really given us a very interesting uh, set of topics to talk through today.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, but before we dive
1: into the topic, Michael,
0: your baby is a girl and her name yeah. is Lucy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Lucy. Is she or is she not named after our current 70.3 world champion?
1: I have no comment. No, I'm okay. kidding. No, she's not. Lucy is a name that uh, my wife and I have uh, loved for a long time. We like. Uh, we, we planned. Uh, it was a name that we had if our boy ended up being a girl. Um, so it's it's the name that's been on deck for a while, and, and we're just we're thrilled.
0: Okay, so Gustav was not on the table. Sorry, sorry. In, in the event of yeah, a boy. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. So I hope hopefully you're getting a little bit more sleep. Uh, it sounds like maybe not, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Why don't you give us an update on on training and maybe more life update than training update?
1: Yeah, uh, I know we talk training updates frequently when we kick these things off. It's really hard to do that. Um, right now, our little girl is like two and a half weeks old, well, coming up on three weeks old. So um, one of our key topics we're going to be diving in through is like training through you know key life events, or like hey, key t- you might have a training interruption for a variety of different reasons. One of those is obviously when you have a, a new child. So, for, for me personally, my original plan was to take at least one week completely off, another week uh, easy before jumping back into structured training. It just hasn't worked out that well, I think. Best intentions, um, but uh, having the new baby at home, I know this is baby number two for us, we then. You think you, you always think you know what you're getting into when you have a kid, um, but once once you're there, and last night's a good example, like two or three hours of sleep for my, my wife and I, so um, we're definitely, definitely difficult to jump on the trainer or get a run in when all that's going on, but um, we're working back through it. Once we can kind of finalize a little bit of a schedule, I'm sure it'll be easier for us. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll talk here in a little bit, Keith has said, Hey, what am I, what am I thinking or what am I doing to kind of maintain my own fitness? And what am I doing to kind of make sure that I'm keeping my eye on, you know, we have big goals this year. Um, Chicago marathon being the, the key a race is to, Hey, how how are we going to make sure that we stay on track to make sure that we we hit those goals later this year? We'll talk about those a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the life update, very little sleep, lots of diaper changes. Uh, we couldn't be happier trying to get some training when I can. So Keith, I want to hear more though on, on your front is like, Hey, like I, I know you had COVID a couple of weeks ago. How are you recovering from that?
0: So uh, I've recovered pretty well. I think the most disappointing part was that was race week. So if you've been following along in the podcast, that was half marathon race week for me. And so I was two days away from leaving town to go race and um, I had done it was my last little kind of a tune-up workout. Just I did some eight hundreds at half marathon pace and I felt perfectly fine. Um I was running about five twenty-five pace and heart rate was around one thirty-five, one forty. So I felt like I'm good. I'm probably ready to race this weekend. And then uh, less than two hours later I was in bed and couldn't move and it just all it was all at once. Wow. And and so uh it was only really bad for about twenty four hours for me. And then I was pretty much back to normal, at least walking around and eating and drinking and all that by that Friday. And then I went for a run that next Monday. And then I took Tuesday off to kind of make sure that nothing happened to me after the run. And then pretty much jumped back into normal training on Wednesday. So one week later, and since then it's been good. So I haven't had any issues um, training pretty normally, so I think I just got
1: a little bit of a break, but physically feeling okay. So
0: yeah, it's been
1: good. No long haul COVID symptoms. That's what like you hear about on the news or you might even know someone with it. And like, uh, luckily we've been able to avoid COVID ourselves. Um, but that's something you're always concerned with as like an endurance athlete, is this going to affect me long-term? Is this going to hamper my training? But you've seen no ill effects long-term so far.
0: Not yet. I, yeah. every, everything's been good. I was I did my first quality workout. I think the middle of that next week and It just kind of did some neuromuscular stuff and then a little bit of VO2 max just to keep it shorter and everything seemed fine. So, yeah, it's going okay. I've got a couple athletes that have gotten COVID and, and have some long term symptoms, and we're we're working that out right now. So I'm, I guess I'm pretty lucky that it was quick.
1: Wow! But, Everyone seems like everyone's getting COVID. So hopefully hopefully everyone's able to kind of manage through it, work through it and avoid as much of those long-term type of symptoms as possible. That's that's dreadful. So bummer. Yeah.
0: And I'm shooting for the multi-sport national championship festival that's gonna be here in in the DFW in three months. And so plenty of time to kind of get reset and, and going again. And started doing some race specific type workouts with the the draft legal triathlon and the, the draft legal duathlon. So I need to spend a little time running and then biking. I haven't done that for a while. So that's mm-hmm. I'm going to start working that into training here pretty soon. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but moving on our two key, key topics, we're going to kind of have a double episode. I think we've got two shorter topics. We're going to talk about winter training for those of you that are, are having a, a cold winter up North. It hasn't been too bad for us down here, but we're going to talk about navigating the cold weather and then, uh, training with, uh, longer term planned and unplanned life interruptions. And then we'll, uh, we'll finish off the episode like normal with a workout and some news. So Michael, you're, you're in a much colder place than I am. So how's your winter training, uh, baby aside, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So baby aside, um, I would like to kind of share with everybody kind of some, run through some key points that I think of for winter training. Like wh- why do I think it's important to get outside? And, um, and how, how I go about it, what I, what I'm thinking about. And I think the very first thing I think about is like for everybody, regardless of where you're at, <coughs> you know, excuse me there, it's probably important for you to kind of like, Hey, set your baseline, right? I live here in Northern Illinois and Keith here in, in Northern Texas. Um, so my baseline is going to be different than yours. Um, just because like, I am not going to be able to get 40 degree weather as like kind of the coldest weather I'm going to see all year. 40 degree weather happens in October. And it's going to be 40 degrees all the way till April the next year. So I, I need to set a different baseline. But um, everyone kind of needs to evaluate their climate, where they're living, set their baseline. And and the things that you need to think about when you're doing that is like, hey, what type of workouts do I like to do indoors versus outdoors? What Like, how long do I enjoy being out there in the weather? Uh, what types of workouts I like to be doing outdoors. And what type of weather conditions do I want to get outside and work out in? For me personally, I can share with you my parameters, but uh, in the coldest parts of winter here in Illinois, there are definitely weeks when I don't get outside at all. And I do all my workouts indoors. And I think there's a lot of benefits to that. It's more efficient. You can get the workouts done quicker. You can really make them precise because you're on a turbo trainer, you're on a treadmill, whatever it is. Huge benefits to that. On the opposite side of that, it's really fun to get outside, breathe the fresh air. I also think for some of those Longer, uh, easy to moderate workouts being outdoors is is just, it's a mental relief. So that's probably the biggest reason I love to get outdoors. My parameters though are, Hey, if it's minus degrees outside, I'm not going outside. In fact, for me with runs, um, my kind of baseline is 20 to 25 degrees Fahrenheit um, for those easy to moderate long runs. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, Really kind of any run. If it dips below 20, Um, that's not, that's not an enjoyable run. And I think like weather wise, it's just harder to battle, uh, harder to, harder to, uh, wear the right clothing for and layer up on, um, for outdoor bike riding. I generally look at 40 to 45 degrees for riding outdoors. And for, for most of you, I've been listening to the podcast I've been doing more gravel riding so it's a little bit slower than road riding. If I was going to be outdoors on the road with more wind going at a faster pace that that temperature probably climbs up a little bit. All of this though I think you have to think about is like, hey, is it sunny outside? How much wind is there? What's the real feel? Is there rain? Is there moisture in the air? all those things kind of come into play and you, you need to decide, Hey, what is, what is my baseline going to be? What am I comfortable with getting outdoors in? And you might set a baseline regardless of where you live at, Hey, maybe it's 50 degrees and you start to get a little bit more experience in that weather. And you drop it down to 45 degrees, go outside and see how that feels for you. Um, And then you get comfortable at 45 degrees, go outside, run in 50 or bike in, or excuse me, bike in 40 or Uh, running 40 degrees. See how that feels for you. And throughout this whole process, I think um, for me personally, I've been living in Illinois now for 10 years. I grew up here. Um, It's always been a little bit of trial and error. So be willing to get outside and trial and error with your equipment and the types of workouts you're doing to see what makes the most sense for you. Um, But one thing I've, as I've mentioned, I've always really enjoyed doing outside is those easy steady workouts, whether that's the bike or the run. And I also think it's really helpful to get outside for those super high intensity short intervals. Thinking like, hey, I want like um, one minute or less or sprint workouts. We've talked about those a little bit in, in regards to the run. Some of those things you can't do very well on a turbo trainer. You can't sprint that easily on a turbo trainer with your bike. And you can't sprint really at all on a treadmill. Like it's just not going to go that fast. Uh, you can certainly add some incline, but it's just you're not going to get the same type of effort that you're going to be able to get outdoors. So when I see those types of workouts on my calendar, I always immediately start to look at the weather forecast and say, hey, is this a workout that I can get outdoors and go do? Because I know I'm going to be able to get more out of it if I can. The right. medium to I, long. Yeah, go ahead, Keith. I, I think, too, the, the one
0: big consideration, though, is if it's a high intensity workout and you're doing it outside, make sure that you're warm enough. Because if it is 20 degrees outside and you try to go sprint on the run, that might not be safe. So just make sure you're warm. Make sure you're doing it in a spot, too, where you're not going to slip or slide or anything like that.
1: Sure. And maybe I could have gone into more detail there. Like when I think of, hey, how long of a workout I want to do outdoors, I think you absolutely have to think of the type of workout you're doing. If you're doing a long, easy to moderate type of workout, the the warm-up is kind of bleeds right into the rest of the workout it's all the same but if you're going to be planning to do any of these short intervals you're absolutely right you have to plan for a really good warm-up you gotta get the legs loose before you go and start hitting any very high intensities Um, on the flip side of all that though when i think or i look at my training calendar and i see those medium to long intervals those are the ones i almost always prefer to do indoors even in the summertime right so if, it, if there's a sweet spot or some longer, um, sustained efforts, I'm almost always going to be doing those indoors regardless of the weather outside, just because those are <clears throat> workouts. I think are more beneficial to be precise with like, Hey, if I want to ride at, at near VO two max for four or five minutes repeatedly, that's hard to do on a trail on a, on a gravel bike due to turns, or maybe there's other people out there. Also, if I want to run consistently at a, you know, a, a 5K pace, yeah, I can do that outdoors, um, and I think I can be steady with my pace. But GPS and trees and other things like that, it's going to influence the numbers I'm seeing on the watch. When I know if I get on the treadmill, I can hit that pace precisely and be perfectly steady with it. That's how I see it, and that's how I like when I'm looking at my training, um, my training calendar. I view the workouts indoor versus outdoor. I don't know, Keith, any thoughts on that?
0: No, I think you're right there. Uh- The one thing too is be whenever you're doing these, if you do decide to go outside that you might have a harder time getting your power numbers up both on the bike and on the run, Um, but especially on the run. So if we're trying to run a certain power as opposed to a pace outside, because when it's cold, your, your muscles just don't quite have the same, um, you know, muscle spring stiffness, right? So you might not be able to produce the same power, even if you can, you can get your heart rate up to the right, zone that you're looking for, but you might not actually have the same physical numbers because your muscles can't produce as much power in the cold, right? Interesting.
1: <laughs> and I'm so not sure if I've ever experienced that, at least on the bike, but may, maybe the run more so. I don't know. I'll yeah. do pay closer attention to that. That's an interesting point.
0: Yeah, we had, a, we had a chilly day the other day. It was I think it was in the low <clears throat> 20s, and I went and ran in the morning uh, before the sun came out, and I was trying to do some work at 5K pace. And I just couldn't quite get my legs loose enough to, uh, to get the power that I was looking for. I was about 10 watts. Yeah. Short all the day. Um, and then I did a similar pace run off the bike yesterday and it was 50 degrees and it was easier to hit the power off the bike, uh, because it was 25 degrees warmer than it was fresh running, uh, just with the cold. So yeah, that's something just to keep in mind. And the difficult thing too is if you're running with power and you're running inside, the power doesn't necessarily translate on the treadmill if you've got some incline or anything like that, and so that kind of makes power a little, a little bit different than cycling indoor power where it's all it's all the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. Good points. So, so let's let's now maybe give a couple of tips for those of you that hey maybe you do most of your training indoors because you're trying to be efficient, but. It is there's a lot of benefits, mental probably more than anything. Hey, just get outside, breathe some fresh air. Um, But hey, you've set your baseline. You've kind of evaluated, hey, I want to get outdoors for one or two key workouts uh, or targeted workouts every single week. What should you be thinking about to make that transition outdoors a little bit easier? And some of this obviously is going to sound uh, obvious things you've heard before, but it definitely is worth repeating again. Um, the very first thing I would say is when I go outside and I'm starting a workout, you need to be cold. When you start that workout, like the first step you take outside in the gear that you're planning to do your workout in. Every time I go outside, I'm always asking myself, why the heck am I out here? I'm cold. And the reason for that is because you need to let your workout warm you up. If you go outside and you're perfectly comfortable in your workout gear the second you get outside, whether that's on the bike uh, or the run, then what's going to immediately start happening is, is that workout is going to warm you up just like you need to let it's going to do. Uh, but you're going to start sweating and you're going to overheat. And it might feel good for a little while, uh, maybe even 30, 45 minutes. But one thing you really want to avoid is too much sweating. Because yes, we want to we want to think about layers, layers, layers. We've all heard that. Have multiple layers on, so you can kind of adjust as you're as you're working out if you need to take a layer off so that you're cooling off. Uh, but for me, I want to start cold, warm up into the workout, and then hopefully, if I've put on the right clothing for the workout that I'm doing, the amount of sweat I have and the base layer I have on, I'm not. It's not wicking away too much moisture. As it wicks away moisture, that moisture evaporates on the outside of your clothing. It's going to cool you down. That's why you want to avoid as much sweating as possible, um, which ideally kind of then kind of goes to the next point of hydration, right? So if we're not sweating as much, uh, I've, I've heard a lot of people, and I remember even talking to people in college or immediately after college, we're like, hey, I'm training for a marathon and I went outside and ran in 20 degree weather and I didn't have to, I didn't have to drink any water for a 15 mile run, right? Like, cause it, it feels like you can get away with that because you're not sweating nearly as much. But the the key tip, I I always take water with me, whether it's a 90-degree run or a 20-degree run. You don't want to neglect your hydration. It's important, though, to recognize your hydration is less than what you would need to consume if it's 90 degrees outside. But it's not zero. And I think a lot of people instantly think that it's zero, because I'm not sweating or I'm wearing the perfect amount of layers and I'm, 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 I'm in this perfect homeostasis state. Um, but, but there's definitely a need for water and there's still a major need for calories. So you're still out there working out, you're still burning calories. So you still need to keep the calories coming in the same you would be doing if it was an 80 or 90 degree run. So those are the, those are the key things I always think about before, before I jump outside. Uh, and the hardest part about it is that mental hurdle, as I mentioned before, is like, Hey, be comfortable when you get outside, knowing you're going to be cold. If you can do that, and let the workout warm you up, I think you're going to have a really good time outside in, in the, in the winter weather. Right. Yeah. And
0: I, I think you kind of mentioned this earlier too, with the kind of being aware of the real feel and the the different conditions outside. Uh, a few weeks ago, we went on a, we had a weekend ride and the, feels like temperature was 37 or so and it was sunny and the next weekend it was 37 and cloudy and there's just there's a huge difference even if the the real fuel temperature is the same there's the the actual presence of the sun Um, as an engineer right there's some radiation heat transfer and so your body's dissipating heat differently it's also absorbing heat from the sunlight even though the actual air temperature is the same and so that's something else to keep in mind with how you layer up. And, uh, I think the, the biggest layer that I've gotten used to wearing more often that I kind of avoided all the time because it wasn't super comfortable as a vest, especially yep. running or especially riding, uh, because it just cuts the wind when you're going faster on your bike. And I think that's been the, the best thing that I've started to use a little more the last couple of years is just making sure you've got a, a comfortable vest that can keep the wind off your chest.
1: Yeah, I I would say key pieces of equipment. I'd love to hear what yours are. Like on the bike, you have to have a good vest, good arm warmers. I'm not as much into leg warmers, but you need to have something covering your knees. But like some people really overdo it there. Uh, A good pair of socks and a good pair of gloves, right? And like, so pretty much we're talking about the extremities of your body. If you can keep those comfortably regulated on the bike, you're going to do well. On the run, I think a lot of it comes down to a really good hat something to cover the neck that for me, when it's 20 degrees out, or sometimes even a little colder, like if I can cover the neck when I'm cold, pull it down when I'm warming up a little bit, maybe in the middle part of the run. So like, I know I've warmed up, maybe I'm warming up a little bit too much. That's a very efficient way. At least I have found to, to kind of cool or regulate my own temperature when I'm running. So head and neck on the run and then like the extremities on the bike.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm the same. the The biggest thing for me is gloves. My hands, I've I've always kind of had low circulation to my hands, so I could be out there on a day with just one layer on top and shorts on, but I need a huge thick pair of gloves uh, to keep my hands warm. Yeah. And yeah, uh, the the body is fine. Um, but yeah, I I sometimes wear leg warmers. It's, I usually prefer to go with knee warmers and tall socks, and then yeah. if I get warm, I can. <laughs> I can pull the socks down or something.
1: Such a triathlete.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then I think uh, the last topic we had as far as the winter was just how to kind of pick which workouts you're going to do. And, you know, if you're riding inside, if you're somewhere where it's going to be cold until April, May, into June, even, you know, don't, uh, don't feel like you need to do your long ride every week inside on the trainer. You know, I've got a, I've got a guy that I coach that lives up in Nebraska. Usually at this time of year when it's pretty early, you know, if I would have him do three hours outside, I might say, if you're on the trainer, do two hours inside, because, you know, you're probably actually um, producing more energy and and, uh, expending more kilojoules than you would if you're outside when you're have the opportunity to coast and things like that. And if you're on the trainer and you're going straight for two hours, you might End up actually expending more energy than you would outside, or at least about the same amount. Um, And so that's just one thing to keep in mind. And so we we had talked about the reverse periodization base in one of our early episodes, and I think that that's something if you're a a long course athlete, that's probably the way you want to look at your training if you live somewhere really cold, because you know for us here we can ride outside pretty much any time. You know we we have a chance of getting some snow this Thursday, but it's probably the only day that we really would have missed training since the first of the year uh, because of the weather. And so um, if you have the opportunity, you can do that. Maybe some of your harder work, you know, kind of front load it in your plan and then put on a little bit more of the volume and the race specific work right at the end. And that way you're doing the, your Ironman type stuff, your half Ironman type stuff outside once it warms up for you. And I think the exception would be if you're doing like a Southern hemisphere long course race here in the next month or two, then if the trainer's all you got, then that's what you have. And, and you do have to do that.
1: Yeah. It's so fun to like, just talk about I'd like indoor training so much. Just listening to you and kind of give that Hey, outdoors versus indoors and adjusting the workout. Like, I just love working out indoors. It almost makes <laughs> me want to like, I know we're talking about winter training, like the primary reason i like to get outside is just like the mental like hey just be able to get outside and breathe the fresh air aspect of it but other than that man you're kind of reinforcing my own beliefs like it's just better training is better indoors wow
0: no i uh i know that's not what you're trying to say
1: but that's what i heard
0: (laughs) (laughs) no if i can get outside i will i will get outside I never found a I never found a temperature limit. I think in college I ran one day it was minus fifteen. I will I will do it. Um, oh, that's
1: craziness! Yeah, like at zero the degrees, it hurts my throat. Like I can't even breathe at zero. It's too much.
0: Uh no, I'll I'll do whatever I can to run outside. <laughs> All right, okay. So the next topic. Yeah, let's is, go. Uh, yeah, training with with longer term life interruptions. And so, Michael, you just had a, a little bit of an interruption. Do you want to maybe tell us what, what we're looking at as far as how long how long of a break are we talking about? And uh, Yeah, like I, I don't know if the, like
1: <laughs> I know we like put down interruption in our. That's probably not even the right term, but like key life events, right? This yeah. happens to everybody, and you can think about it. And we talk like planned and unplanned. Well, like, hey, something significant's happening in your family. Maybe it's the birth of a child. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Maybe something's happening major at work unexpectedly, or maybe it was planned like a major deployment or a launch, um, that's going on. Uh, there's so many reasons why life might need to, to take priority over training or maybe life, it, the demands of your everyday life are increasing, right? And they can be planned and unplanned and, and like all of that maybe might impact how you approach or view them, but um, what we're looking at here, like to, to kind of define it for everybody that's, that's listening is like something that's more significant than a week, right? Like if you yeah. get a head cold and you're out for two or three days, or maybe even five days, it's like modifying workouts. Maybe you're taking away the key intensity workouts and, and doing some easier things, but like anything more than a week. Um, I would consider that as like a major training break, um, caused by a, a, a life a key life event or a life some some sort of interruption to to what you would normally be doing on a day-to-day basis. What I want to say or what I want to prioritize for everybody because I think it's so easy like especially like you and I Keith and probably a lot of people that are listening to a podcast all about triathlon getting faster. Like we're so focused on doing everything we can to train as efficiently effectively as possible. Like that's like that's probably one of our number one priorities throughout the day week throughout the year. Uh, one of our biggest goals that like we, uh, if anything interrupts it, it's, it's like a major crash. Everything feels like it's falling down around us and we have no more control over what's going on. And it's stressful. It's so stressful. Um, that's how I feel at least. So if you can relate to that, um, then, then we're in the same boat. And what I want to emphasize is for everybody, like there are, there are a lot of reasons why life needs to be the priority over sport. And it's important to recognize those and they can be planned like the, you know, my wife and I, we just had our second kid uh, and they can be unplanned, Keith, like you and your family just had COVID and you have to take a break from everything else that's going on and you need to prioritize life and everything that that's happening there over sport. And this applies to literally everybody listening, uh, probably even professional athletes um, at times, because there's, there's some things you, you can't get around. You can't, you can't. Sneak your way around COVID. You can't have a a baby and sleep two or three hours a night and get away with maintaining your normal training schedule. Right. Yeah. So for
0: the planned breaks, I think if you want to start there, we went, my uh, two kids, they had, we had drastically different birth experiences. And so, you know, I think like for you, you knew that this was coming. Right. And um, for both of my kids, from a training perspective, we, uh, whenever I wrote my annual plan, I basically wrote two weeks in, in a three week period, right. Because you don't really know when your baby is coming, right. It could be kind of in a, you know, in a healthy pregnancy, right. It's probably like in a three to four week window. And so, yeah. you know, for me, the first, our first baby, she was, um, she was breech and the the cord was around her neck. So we ended up, she was a planned C-section and there was a date that she was going to come out. And I think I, I missed one workout for her birth and that was it. And I was pretty much rolling that by the next day and back to normal. Um, just, I oh, mean, like, it, look- obviously, it wasn't like I was working out like five hours a day, but I was still a pro at the time. And so exactly. like, I didn't have to work, you know, as much, I, we had uh, cross country going on, so I went to cross country practice, got in a workout, and then it was just you know stay at stay at home dad basically. Uh, right. There
1: know. might not be another pro listening, right? So I just want to make that clear. Yeah. Like your experience. Yeah, we're not that big. First time yeah. is like yeah. there was you you were a pro. Uh, you had your pro right. license. You were racing as a pro, <laughs> uh, but like for most people, th- that triathlon is not how they're cutting the check at the end of the day. That's not right. what their pursuit is. Their pursuit is is other means. It's to push themselves, um, and so for for most people, that's not that's not a real feasible opportunity. Like miss right. one workout, so,
0: right? And so it was drastically different with our second baby. She was uh, she was pretty sick when she was born, uh, and she ended up spending two weeks in the NICU. And just kind of the the unplanned interruption that we had there was. It was my entire 2018. She was born in March of 2018, and um, basically it was like a year lost of yeah. racing and training and um, anything normal after that. And so, you do have to be able to to kind of roll with the punches on that. Uh, but I think if you know that there's something coming up, so you know if you've got something big at work, like if you're an accountant and it's tax time, then you just have to know that that week maybe you're you know you're not going to do a whole lot. And so, plan these breaks into your annual plan. You know, have that down week or two down weeks, even if you need to, and just make sure that you get in. You know, if if you know it's coming, and you can plan certain workouts, plan in the important workouts. Um, but at the same time, if it's something that's really physically or psychologically demanding, maybe the important workouts are the ones that you drop, and we're just getting in the easy workouts for a little while to kind of maintain that base fitness, right? Because uh, the one thing, too, is if you're not working out, your speed lingers a lot longer than endurance does. And so your endurance is what you're going to start to lose more quickly. So maybe the the higher-end stuff isn't really what we're worried about. We just kind of want to make sure that we're keeping some general fitness during the the break time.
1: Yeah. That, 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 those are the reasons you need to have a coach uh, helping you out along the way because those are the things I don't know. But like, let's run through some of the tips we wrote down, Keith, and, and we've already shared some of them, but like the very first one, and I'll emphasize it again for everybody. is like, just be okay. Prioritizing life over sport. And I just want to emphasize right. it because I, I think a lot of people are like me where I've had those instances planned or unplanned where training stopped, life feel like it's crashing down, but it's okay to focus on things other than training yeah, When you need to, like you, it can't, it can't always be a 24, seven, 365, uh, type of mentality. If it is, you're going to get yourself into trouble. So I just want to say that to like, Hey, maybe there's someone out there listening. That's like, you need to hear that because, um, you, you don't give yourself that allowance. I think it's important for you to allow yourself to prioritize life over sport. And, and some, some people may have a challenge with that myself included yeah, but, at times and
0: i mean especially if this was a major unplanned sort of thing you know yeah. and, and it's thrown in there you just you need to do what you have to do outside of outside of right. sport um, but also if it's a planned thing you know if you're like in your situation if you're going to have a baby don't schedule an Ironman, man you know uh, around yeah. you know probably <laughs> between 35 and 50 weeks right so yeah um, it's just not because work. you know you're yeah. That's just, it's <coughs> unlikely. I mean, unless you're a pro, you probably can't do that. So yeah. Yeah. also be smart with it. You know, same thing. If you've got a work, work related a couple weeks, you know, don't if you're, uh, the same example. If you're an accountant, don't do uh, Iron Ironman Texas the last week of April, you know, well, just be smart we, with your race we, selection and, and what's important in your training
1: life. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit about building your calendar. We talked more about the base phases of training. So far, in, in recent episodes, but you also know, hey, if you're trying to do an Ironman in June, if you're an accountant, well, that means maybe maybe a lot of your key workouts are going to be happening in April. Maybe that doesn't line up very well. So you, you're, if you're if you're again picking on the accountants because we know like tax time for them is busy. right Maybe your maybe your Ironman or your 70.3 or your a race is something that happens later in the fall, or it's a winter race that happens before you know, work really picks up. So like identify what those major planned or unplanned events might be and and schedule around them. That's kind of the second point is like, Hey, be flexible with yourself because these things plan and unplanned, um, we can't always predict. Um, but if you're flexible with yourself, when they happen, then I, I think it, you know, it just allows you to, you know, work through it in a better mental state. Um, the more rigid you are with your schedule or like, Hey, no, I have to be back in two weeks. I have to be back in three weeks. Like this is all going to be done and it's all I'm going to be back to a normal schedule. Um, I think that makes it a little bit more challenging for people because it it doesn't always happen the way you, life doesn't unfold the way you think it might. Um, and Keith, your example of, of your second daughter and, and how 2018 unfolded is a good example. Um, the example that I would share is, hey, I thought I was going to be taking one week off, two weeks, uh, the second week after the birth, like easy. And then third week, I'd be back in structured training. Well, my family, we all caught the cold as well. Uh, When we got home from the hospital, my son was home with the grandparents and I don't know where he got it, but he had the cold and then we all ended up catching it. So it's looking like I I took two weeks completely off. Now we're in week three, I'm taking an easy week. And it's going to be four weeks before uh, I get back to any type of structured training. And it's important to just say I had to be flexible and say, Hey, I have to adjust to what's going on and change the plan, right. based off everything that's going on. Yeah. And
0: sometimes that means, and I think that goes into our next point too, is that sometimes you need to kind of go backwards a little bit in your training, you know, uh, if, because we're all, all of the training with, at least as far as most of the coaches that I know, we kind of build it. It's a progression, right? And so don't just pretend like you train normally for a couple of weeks and then just move on, you know, to kind of the next workout up from whatever you were where you just were, you know, you might need to go backwards a couple weeks, maybe even revisit some of the same workouts that you did a week or two before this break, do them again, make sure your fitness is, you know, you're ready to take the next step in your fitness and uh, don't, don't just jump back in and get hurt. Or, you know, if this was a non-illness thing, then you, rush back and get sick to head on top of your, your time away. Right. So, you know, make sure you, you take your time coming back and then, uh, sleep, right. The only time we actually get faster is while we're sleeping, right. The workouts break us down. The sleep actually makes us faster. So if you're not getting enough sleep, um, then the workouts really aren't going to do you anything, any good other than making you more tired. (laughs) Right. I'm going to turn into a sloth. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I I love that one. I'll try to do my best on that, but no promises there. Um, the only other point I'd add Keith is like, Hey, the, the piece on, um, just managing and coming back at the right time and, and not rushing it back. is like just yesterday. Um, like this is kind of supposed to be my easy week kind of getting back into things. I thought, I was going to be doing a five mile run on the treadmill, just taking it easy, doing some core stretching, some light lifting. I got on the treadmill and got to three miles. I'm like, man, I'm just more fatigued than I thought. And I stopped like that, that kind of goes, that kind of blends in with like, be flexible with yourself, even in the workout and don't rush back too quickly, like all kind of together. Like some of these things all blend together. Uh, it makes sense. It's like, I needed to, cut that workout a little bit short. I'm more fatigued than I thought I was going to be at this point in the run. And I need to rest. I didn't get sleep, unfortunately, but I was able to at least stop the workout, sit down get some, get some uh, food to eat and rest before I had to respond or help take care of the kids. So um, that, that I think is key.
0: Yeah. But, but I think in actuality, it's, it's, the problem was that you voluntarily ran on the
1: treadmill. <laughs> yeah. I love the, tri- Hey, it's, it's efficient. And it was also, it's also like 10 degrees outside right now. So, um, going back to my, like, Hey, w- when do I run outside versus inside? It was definitely an inside type of day.
0: Okay. And then, uh, I think the last thing we have on here is if you, uh, maybe if you don't have a traditional nine to five, you know, we, uh, I, I coach some people that, you know, have unusual jobs, you know, work worked with uh, a firefighter, worked with uh, a, uh, a pilot, uh, people like that, that you just, you've got these, or uh, you might be missing a day or two at a time regularly. Just make sure that if you're, say you are something like a firefighter and you're on for 24 hours or 48 hours, or if you're a nurse, something like that, that you're not trying to jump back into training the day after your shift either, right? Like if you've got a couple of days off, you might have an easy day and then a hard day and then you're back in and you've got, you know, the, uh, the work day. And so just make sure too, that you're recovering from work. We have to, we have to recover from that, uh, just as much as we have to recover from training. Right. And if you look at your training peaks, your, your CTL doesn't include your, um, your life stress. And so I think that's yeah, one like, thing we've got to, got to keep in mind.
1: Let me ask, I have no idea. Are there like any, This is like, maybe it's a plug for coaching, but like, is there any training platform, training programs, like on training piece even, that are designed for people that have those schedules, nurses, firefighters, doctors, like people that have those 12 or 24 hour type schedules?
0: Um, Do you mean as far as like a way to best... Work around it.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, like, hey, like, hey, insert your work days and here's how you manage around it.
0: Yeah, so I am right now I'm I'm coaching someone that's a flight attendant and she yeah. put her travel days on there and so then I'm yeah. building a schedule around the transients.
1: Yeah. There's no other way to do it. You have to have a coach. Right? I mean, you yeah, can't it, go to it, it, it makes it a lot somewhere. harder.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely makes it a lot harder cuz if you if you're trying to if you have a job like that and you get a you know some sort of pre-made like 12 week or 16 week yeah. plan off great peaks or wherever else that would be it would be stressful because you know i think most triathletes too we kind of have that we have to get everything done mentality like you talked about earlier and so the firefighter that misses one day might take all of the workouts from that day and combine them with the workouts from the next day and Whoops. try to do all of them right um, yeah. and so you know that is something you've got to be careful with and um, the life stress like i said it it's not uh, there's not a tss score for life stress and so that's something I've been actually playing with on my own in a spreadsheet is uh, tracking sleep hours and work hours and trying to find a way to log my TSS per day per hour of stress yeah. combined with the hours of sleep. And maybe someday we'll be able to work that into some software and get a
1: patent on it. But uh, I think we would probably start here. calling us if we tried to do something like that yeah (laughs) i don't know actually whoop fitbit garmin's doing a little bit of that like scoring apple watch has some apps and stuff for that now it's like i don't trust any of it because you're right there's no what does what does the stress of me when i'm when i am working at my desk how does that correlate to the stress i put on my body when i'm working out for you know swimming biking running how do you put it all together right Right. and and it's, it's goes
0: beyond to just the
1: the actual physical
0: stress. I, yeah. I had the opportunity to try a whoop and I took it off yesterday and decided it wasn't worth it. Um, because I did a, that run I, I mentioned earlier, I did eight times a minute at 5K pace. Um, and I, I averaged about 450 ish, you know, 445 ish. And it was in total, it was a short workout, I think 35 or 40 minutes. And that, according to the whoop was like half as stressful as a one hour easy run because of where my heart rate was. And so yeah. the next day I woke up and it said I was 90% recovered and ready to work out really hard. And yeah. my legs were just trashed and there's yeah. no way I was going to work out hard. Um, and so cardiovascularly, maybe I could have done a a big workout, but my legs were, were toast,
1: you know? Yeah. We don't need to get into it any further than that, but like, there's so many problems with those types of devices, right? Maybe it that'll rings, be an episode. Other That's stuff. A good yeah. No, if, like I think maybe the best way to put it is just just go check out DC Rainmaker. Like, just look at it from a tech side, right? He doesn't evaluate things from like, hey, does this actually work or like he makes comments on how it influences his own training. It, but he evaluates things more on the tech side and like, what are the numbers and how does it all come together? And like, just from a tech side perspective, some, some of it's there's some question marks out there.
0: Yeah. But maybe maybe a good episode for us would be how to how to evaluate if you're ready to train hard every day. You know, when you wake up in the morning, what are the things we need to to think about? Yeah, because maybe. Your, your whoop might tell you you're tired, but you might not be, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> vice versa. So
1: maybe it just reinforce. Maybe people use those things because it reinforces their own, like, "Hey, I, I'm feeling better today because whoop told me I am fine." Right. Or it gives them an excuse. Maybe it gives you an excuse to take it easy. Yeah. I don't, I don't use it either. I don't, I don't buy the technology yet. I think one day it might actually be helpful. I don't know if it's there yet. And it's interesting that you had a chance to try it and you decided yeah. not to use it. I, after 25 years of being an endurance athlete, I think I can just feel how I'm feeling.
0: <laughs> right. Wow. <Yeah>. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, uh, Yeah, I think, do we want to move on to the workout? Yeah, let's hear what you put together. Okay, so we, uh, I I usually try to find a workout that we've done um, in one of our sessions lately, just to kind of, because it usually follows along with where everyone is in their training. And so I'm going to take a workout we did yesterday. And uh, this was in our morning swim. So uh, we had a couple different groups out there and, and everyone did two sets of 100s. And based on kind of where you are relative to your A race, um, our longer distance group, they did somewhere between six and eight one hundreds in each set. And we progressed to these. So we started around an Iron Man effort. If your A race is an Ironman, Man, we started at 70.3 effort. If your A race is a 70.3, and we sent them off on a time interval. And um our first guys they went off on on 150 was their send-off. Uh, That might've been a little bit too long, but we wanted to start kind of where it was comfortable. And then the next set, we increased the effort. So if you were an Ironman guy, we bumped it down to about 70.3 effort. If you were 70.3, we bumped it down to about Olympic distance effort. And um, I know if you're thinking that that's not the same bump, um, I think in general, you should have a pretty big bump from 70.3 to Olympic distance, even though the swim distance is the same. The, uh, the race duration is a lot shorter, so you can really push the swim, um, in my opinion, a lot more in an Olympic distance. And so the second set, we brought the time down of the intervals. We also brought the send-off time down 10 seconds, and then we added in sighting. And so uh, we've tried to make it as realistic as possible on that second set, so they're really pushing a higher, higher end aerobic effort on the second set. And uh, between sets, we just did a couple hundred easy with the buoy and uh, we did the same thing to cool down afterward. Uh, If you are a short course guy, I'll I'll go ahead and give you the short course workout we did yesterday too. Um, It was basically the same thing. Uh, We had two groups that that were either training for sprint or super sprint, and they did two sets of eight also or two sets of six, and we did the same thing. We tried to accept instead of increasing the effort, we did these at a steadier effort, so a little bit slower than sprint try pace, but something that was going to be repeatable. So the second set, the goal is to swim the hundreds the same pace, but we brought the send-off time down. And so our faster group of guys, they were going off on 130 on the first set. And then we we took the send-off time down to 125 on the second set. And then our our younger group, they went off on 150 on the first set and they went off on 140 on the second set. And so this is something that will also progress throughout the year. And we'll kind of bring that that intensity up so that it matches their race day effort. And maybe that that younger group that's getting ready for super sprint, they might do three sets of two by two hundred at their sprint pace with very little rest as we get closer to the races. And maybe the sprint distance guys, they'll do uh, something like two sets of four by two hundred at race pace with very little rest later on. And uh and then that Iron Man group are still a couple months away, three months away from the first Iron Man here in the States and that group of athletes will extend that out even to 10 by 400 or eight by 400, something like that. Um, and so we're still very much in the early phases of, of that workout.
1: Wow. Um, so what you're telling me, Keith, is there are triathletes that swim all year round.
0: There are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Holy crap.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and, and even every year, Unlike wow. some triathletes, mind, Michael. <laughs> I had no idea that triathletes swim year round. This is news to me. And maybe that's the title of this podcast. Because yeah. I don't think most triathletes know that.
0: Michael, we have we've already uh I've started building our calendar. We've got an open water swim on the schedule in five weeks.
1: <laughs> Dang, that's impressive. I hope you get above thirty degrees or whatever you said you had last weekend
0: yeah, you'll still be chipping ice in a when we get when we get into the lake here.
1: It won't be chipping ice. there'll still be people <laughs> ice skating on the ponds.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know the uh, the lake must be warm enough at our at our junior practice last night there were guys uh, is it parasailing where you're they're they're on like a gigantic surfboard with a big uh, parachute looking yeah. thing pulling them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were in the lake last night, so it must be swimmable.
1: So, like, uh, jokes aside, though, and, like, so I'm going to talk gravel bikes and more, but, like, so the trail behind, right, really close to where I live, I get on the bike and then bike to a local park, not that local, like, five miles up the trail, and then I can open water swim there. So I didn't do that last year, but I'm very much looking forward to, not this year, maybe this year if I want to swim a little bit, but I'm not really going to be focusing in on any triathlons this year, but in future years, very much looking forward to, like, Jumping on the bike, biking up there, doing some open water swims, more open water swims than I did uh, in years past, because it's going to be more available to me than than it has ever been before. So I'm I'm excited about that.
0: That's yeah, good. Just make sure somebody's with you.
1: Yeah, or just you no. Know, I have I have like one of those um a floaty pull behind buoys. Okay, that's safe? safe. Is that safe? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Swimming by yourself
1: is kind of scary. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll probably wear a wetsuit too. So it's like probably impossible to drown.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. So advice from Michael. Yeah. Okay. Uh, news, news is the last thing and it's basically the same. Uh, we've got two bits of news and they're pretty related. Um, uh, 70.3 Pucone was a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, actually it's almost a month ago. Now we were going to talk about it on the last podcast and now it's been a couple more weeks. So in case you, uh, Missed that. That was the first pro race of the year. It's the first 70.3 of the year. Um, On the women's side, uh, Luisa Baptista, she was more of a short course athlete. This was her first jump up to the long distance, and she beat uh, many time Pucone champion Barbara Riveros by eight minutes. So it was a nice 70.3 debut for her. Uh, Barbara Riveros finished second. And uh, Romina Palacio Belena finished third, and she was 25 minutes back. So it was not a super deep field. Um, yeah, pretty much these two are the only two that <clears throat> were really on the on anyone's radar. I think going in, um, Barbara Veras uh, multi multi time Olympian, she's probably the best uh, triathlete ever from Chile. So um, interesting to see her kind of lose the home race. Um, and then on the men's side, uh, Javier Gomez. He uh, won pretty easily a couple minutes over Luciano Tacone from Argentina and Reynaldo Colucci, who's been around the sport for quite a while, uh, finished in third. But uh, this for Gomez, this was his first race with his new coach. And he has switched to Dan as his as his coach. He worked with uh, the same coach from Spain for about nine or 10 years. And uh, now he's made the switch after officially announcing his retirement from short course triathlon.
1: Yeah.
0: Any thoughts on Dan Pluz,
1: Michael? Uh no, not Dan Pluz, but Javier Gomez, like are we gonna see him excel in long course racing? I think so. I think he's that got this pedigree. is great. he's, he's got, ability, got the ability, but we've never yeah. and he tried how many years ago and it just didn't pan out well because I think he was too focused on short course stuff, but like can't he race <laughs> and compete with the best?
0: I think so. And and I think that the unfortunate part for him is he's going to be thirty nine this year. Yeah, and he probably missed his two better Ironman years when everything got canceled. Hmm.
1: It'll know, be interesting to thing. see. It'll be yeah. interesting to see, especially if he comes to St. George in the spring, um, and if he can get a color spot. Is he qualified for either of those yet? You know, I'm. I'm
0: not sure if he has a spot. I mean, everyone will. Let's see. It's. Um, <clears throat> Try try rating right is where we can find who's got a spot. Um, Saint George twenty twenty two. Let's see if Gomez Gomez has a spot. He oh yeah, right before the pandemic, he won Ironman Malaysia. I forgot about that. He was one of the first people I think to grab a spot. Um, So he is qualified. Um, I think he'll be good. You know, I think this is probably a, a good coaching move for him. You know, Dan Clues is very much. I think the way that at least he talks about it is being the in the lower carb higher fat group of people um I personally I think I have like a negative connotation with him because of his previous affiliation with Taron and I think we all at, that, at least that's where it comes from for me but I think that he is actually a good coach so I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when he's working with Gomez
1: yeah and I'm not, I'm not, I, uh, I know of him. Yeah. Probably mostly because of Taryn. I don't have a perception, though. I don't know who else he coaches. Anyone, uh, anyone else? He coaches
0: a couple other pros that, that I can't think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, he also yeah. coaches himself and he does have the Kona age group horse record. Right. Yeah. So um, that's, if you've heard that name, that's where that, right. I think that's his biggest claim to fame. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Gomez. And um, also, there was another triathlete that announced that they were moving on. I think Ashley Gentle said she was moving on from short course and would be pursuing just long course. Um, And same with Alistair Brownlee, even though I think we kind of knew that already after last summer.
1: Well, I'm most excited racing starting, and we're going to see some more racing happening, and we're just getting closer and closer to May. So all good. Yeah, you.
0: sure. Yeah. I guess locally, the the PTO race that's going to be here in Dallas. The registration opened this week, so I haven't registered yet. It's four hundred dollars, but supposedly that's including the registration fees and everything. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Dallas athletes
0: sign up. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll uh, we'll be back hopefully on a regular schedule now fingers crossed
1: depending upon the amount of sleep we get regular ish
0: yeah (laughs) all right well we'll talk to you next time thanks everybody thanks